Bruno, thank you so much for taking the time to come here this morning. I had a podcast with your brother, as you know, the other day. And both of you are Olympic swimmers. You you swam in the same Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. We swam at the 2016 Olympics. And since we were a kid, we always been swimming together. Mm-hmm. And later in the swimming career, I went to college, high school, and after college, you know, representing Spain, we started to swim relays together. Did you really? Uh, yeah. No, wait, wait. When you finished college, you started doing relays, or was it before that? Before that, a bit, but you know, still, when you're young, the two years difference between my brother, yeah. it's still big. It's still so, yeah, right. That's true. But, but you're taller than him. Wait, when I did became you, taller than him. When you, but how, much, what, how old were you when you became taller than your brother? Ooh. When you noticed, when you said, okay, I got that you was, by a little bit. That was when I was like 16. 16. How did it feel? Great, great. I, I always knew that I would be taller. Why did you know that? Just believing it. <laughs> or were your feet, your foot size is bigger? No, actually. Or we're, we're about the same. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're growing up, there's always that wall that you keep track of the height. Okay. Yeah, right, right. the marks. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. And, yeah, my parents used to do that. And I knew that when my brother was a certain age, and when I hit that age, I was a bit taller. Oh, so so you I was know. like, okay, I'm going to be taller than him. So there was some evidence to back that up. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, and then again, you two look different. You took after your father, he took after his mother. Am I right? It's the other way around. Yeah. You, t- you look more like mom, he looks yeah. more like dad. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we start to get that a lot, but we don't look alike. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, and even um, personality wise, we're very different. He's uh-huh. very extroverted, and very you... like, good with social skills. Right. I was more of the, you know, having my own world as a kid rather than playing with everyone, which I did, but I still had this world that I was so comfortable to be in. And yeah, I wasn't getting out of that. So you didn't have to have other people around. You were good alone. No, I was entertaining myself all the time. Yeah. What about now? How do you feel about yourself? Now I learned how to be social. And... I saw, yeah, I saw, I felt joy when I was like talking to other people. Now I know I can learn from other people and other people are interesting. Because before that, I wasn't interested in anyone. <laughs> okay, so let's go back. Let's start, let's start when you were young. Okay. So I know it's just you and your brother and mom and dad. And you spent most of your time, were you born in Japan? I was born in Japan. Okay. Unlike my brother who was born in Spain. Okay. I was the only one in the family that was born in Japan. Right. Yeah. But your mother's from Portugal? And Brazil. Brazil, Paulo, Brazil. Sao yeah. Paulo. And your father's from? Madrid, Spain. Madrid, Spain. So they met, got together. They had your brother first, and they had him in Spain. Yeah. Actually, my parents met in Japan. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, they were in Spain at some point. And, you know, my mother gave birth to Miguel. That's how he was there, but only for a short time. Then we... They moved to Japan, and then and I was born. born. Yes. So Miguel was maybe a year old or something when they left, or even before then. I think so. Yeah. Right, right. So, but your mother has Japanese blood. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Wait, wait. Her mother? No, wait, wait. Yeah, I didn't believe it too. Wait, 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 wait. Her mother and father are both. I know your grandmother. Mm-hmm. 
who still lives with your mother. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's in Tokyo. Yeah. Well, they don't live together then. Well, very close. Very close. Very yeah. close. But your grandmother's Japanese. She is, hundred percent. But she's Brazilian Japanese. So about a hundred years ago, a lot of Japanese people went to Brazil. I know that's right. That's right. So she's one of those um, immigrants in Brazil that are hundred percent Japanese. Right. And there's that Japanese community in Sao Paulo. It's huge. What about your grandfather? Japanese too. Did you ever know him? No, I never met him because he died in a. He died when my mom was fourteen, fifteen. I see. Okay. Did your mother have siblings too? No, she's the only, only child. child. Okay. And she told me that's why she wanted more than one kid. Okay. Because she was really close with her relatives. They basically lived together. There were four brothers and sisters, and I think she saw how entertaining that was because. Right. Yeah, being alone, I think she felt lonely. Right, right. And you, you're just the opposite. Being alone, you feel like you're in your own world. Yeah. You, you don't need yeah. anybody. And I was talking to this about Ama, with my grandma about this, and I pushed the genes from my great grandfather. So my grandma's father, he was just like me. He would just go to the mountains, go fishing, and don't come back for two, three days, and come back like. He enjoys being the nature kind of alone, and I do that. I go to solo trips alone, camping, and yeah, it's it's weird that gene kind of skipped some generations and came down to me. Is it interesting? Yeah. So how do you feel about? Okay, well, this, I'm going to try to stay on the track, kind mm -hmm. of a track. Yeah. So elementary school, you guys are growing up together here in Japan. Here in Japan. Yes. So your first language was Japanese. Yes. Okay, but you didn't go to just Japanese school, didn't you? Go to international school as well. I did. So, kindergarten and elementary school was Japanese public school. But still, I was getting this exposure with other languages because my mom being, you know, from Brazil, speaking Portuguese. My dad's Spanish. Spanish. So what did they speak together? Ooh. Spanish. I think okay. Spanish, Portuguese. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they could understand each other. It's, right. it's kind of similar. Right. And then, you know, learning Japanese in school, but still like watching movies in English, right? So there's a lot of this mixture of language growing up, which I think it confused my mind a bit because I never got good at one language. I could always find this alternative language that I can use to express myself. What was it? What was it? Wow. Something you made up? No, no, it's Japanese and English, Japanese and Spanish. It's always mixing. So when I was in elementary school, since I was getting more exposure of Spanish, I was mixing Japanese and Spanish together. And then, so after elementary school, then I went to international school, St. Mary's International School. Then I started to learn English. That's how my I started to mix in my Japanese and English, which a lot of those international kids do. We communicate like that, of mixing those two together. Which, again, I think it's not the best practice to improve in one language, but it's efficient. That's so interesting. 
So when you were doing that, did you think you were the only one doing it, or did you think your friends were doing the same thing? An international school? Or, 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 or for, well, not just your friends. Did you think your brother was doing that? Oh, yes, Miguel? definitely. Definitely. And you think he had the same feelings? You guys would talk about that? Mm-hmm. Even when we were communicating, we were mixing languages, even now. But you still understand everything that's being said. Yeah. Could it be because each language has sometimes a meaning that can't be translated? That too, for sure. But, yeah, again, sometimes you don't find that word, right? It, is, it gets stuck in the way and you're just finding that word. And then you switch the language and you find that word, right? <laughs> so the, that's how you kind of substitute the words when you're communicating. Right. Yeah. But it has a different feel and meaning too, wouldn't it? For example, yeah. if you say feelings in English, mm-hmm. in Fuinki, in Japanese, it's a little bit different. It's right? it's different, yeah. The connotation of words, right? Right. Yeah, it is different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I start to realize um, now, like, oh, do, I, do I want my girlfriend to be like a foreigner or Japanese because of the communication language? And I think I communicate better romantically when I'm using English. I start to find that out more about myself. It's like, which language do I feel more comfortable in what kind of situations, right? Yeah. So I'm still discovering myself in that part. That's so interesting. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 30. I turned You're 30. 30. Yeah. Okay, my youngest just turned 30. So all I'm of my so sons 30. are in their 30s, from 30 to 36. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good interesting age. time. In your... One thing I can tell you, Bruno, mm-hmm. being 70... You never stop learning. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks there's going to be a point when you're going to know. You don't. Mm-hmm. You do the best with what you have, and you work it. But when you yeah. think, see, that's why I think sometimes school can be a, a bit of a detriment. You mm-hmm. get a certificate, and you think you're done. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's actually one of the tickets saying that, okay, now you can continue through with the knowledge you have to continue to learn more. But that's not how it's put. You're done. I don't have to do it anymore. School is out forever. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And I think it's a mistake. It doesn't help us. And it confuses us as we get older. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. You die not knowing. You yeah. still don't know. Yeah. Once you get that certificate, it feels like you're liberated from homework, right? You are <laughs> learning anymore. But you still do homework when you're in a job or like you have right. to learn about it. And I think... Yeah, going back to the schooling system. I enjoyed school because I was learning a lot. And once you're done, I felt bored. I really felt bored. And after college, I had one year of just swimming. And then I really felt that my brain was rotting. It was rotting? It felt like it because I wasn't getting any kind of stimulus, right? Then I realized that in my life, I think I need more of that kind of stimulus of learning. I have to always be learning about something or keeping myself occupied. That's when I decided to do a master's. Yeah. So more than like learning something, I just needed something to occupy my brain because if not, I was just going crazy. So you have your master's? Yes. I, I did it when I was in Spain. In what? In it's freshwater ecology. Yes. Is that where your interest really lies? I, yeah, in, in undergrad. 
from the University of Michigan. I learned ecology and evolutionary biology. So very science, you know, sciencey. And then I was always interested in this, how we were shaped to the creature that we are now, how we think too, and in the nature too. The interaction between the abiotic, you know, the environment, and the biotics of the living things. They always interact. And evolution, yeah, I was, since I was a kid, I was really, really interested in evolution. How in what ways, in what ways, how did you think of it as a child when you were growing up? When you, these were the times when you were going off by yourself and you're just in your own world? Yeah, you know, reading books. Okay, so what kind of thoughts did you have that you could share? Ooh. I was just, you know, as a kid, you get excited looking at pictures. More than like reading books. So, you know, reading like dinosaur books or like astronomy and, you know, how stars were made and Earth was made. The whole history of the universe and Earth and then organisms. That, that, that got me. Like, I was hooked. That's how I wanted to pursue something in that. So, you know, learning in college and postgraduate studies. And then now, like, I wanted to do a PhD, become a scientist. But then I saw the real world, how hard it was for PhD students to become professors or, you know, do research. I saw the reality in that, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't what I expected. They do struggle. No, what do you mean? How do they struggle? Um, or payment, okay. too. Financially. And, yeah, financially, um, there's no guarantee that you're going to be a professor someday. The research topic is some, most of the times you don't get to do a research that you're really interested in because you got to pick from an option, right? What's available out there. And research, when it comes to funding, has to be something that will benefit humanity. Always, right? Because then who's going to pay for the research? And I, I saw that. For me, like learning was just pure curiosity. It wasn't this thing of helping someone, you know, it was just the selfish curiosity that was in me since I was a kid. And now I learned that, you know, you cannot do that. Oh, I'm like, okay, I can make this as my hobby. Something that I will just research myself and, you know, just do that, money not involved. And I will work on something, job as a job kind of mentality, just do my job and make. You know, that makes me feel kind of sad. Yeah, right? No, excuse <laughs> me. No, <laughs> let me tell you my viewpoint on that, mm -hmm. what you're saying, after hearing what you had to say. I think mankind has benefited from people following their passion. Mm -hmm. Regardless, you can get someone to fund it. If now, it's easier now than it ever has been. Setting up a podcast where you sit, you could be doing a video blog about your passion and keep people involved, and you're going to find more people interested in what you're doing that would be willing to fund what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Forget, see, that's why our institution mm -hmm. called schooling is so outdated in many ways. I think there's a couple of countries, I think it's in Norway or Sweden or something, where the kids aren't given homework. They actually oh. are told, no, they're not given homework, and they have the highest grade average in the world. Mm -hmm. Because they're taught to go after their passion. If they're interested in dirt and that's it, that could mean so much to so many people. Mm -hmm. 
So don't let, please don't let you, don't give, because you're too young to let that happen. Follow your yeah. passion. Those times when you're young, something was inside you that made you want to come inside and think more. But it comes down to, you know, that following your passion or job is a job. There's two different mentalities, right? And there was a time in my swimming career that I was getting paid. So right after college, I got a sponsorship. And then I was getting paid. For, it was a two years contract, but I was getting paid. What I felt was I kind of lost a bit of that enjoyment that I had with swimming just because of the fact that I was getting paid. And the connotation with it. Now yeah. somebody owns you kind of or, or, or expects something from you. Mm -hmm. It's not like I did a lot of you know, sponsorship activity for that um, client, but just the fact that I was getting paid Made you it's, obligated. it's all psychological. Yeah. Yeah. It made you obligated in a way that you don't want to be. Mm -hmm. right. That's why. So after that sponsorship, there was a phase, two, three years phase, that I trained myself. No coach, no one. Just trained myself, you know, managed everything, all the trainings. And I was really, really happy. Just, you know, again, creating my own world, right? This childhood. I always had this vision of, you know, when you're reading comics, there's this character that goes to the woods and train by himself for like a few years and comes back like very strong. <laughs> I thought that was really cool when I was a kid. I wanted to do the same exact thing. And I, I did it and I got some results. I broke some national records doing that. And yeah, no money was involved. I was using my savings, but still, I was very, very happy and I don't regret it. So now when I'm working in this real world, okay, do I want to get paid for my passion or just have a job that will pay well? And still, I'm, I, I don't have an answer for that. I'm still finding it, but it's a process. And now you're saying, you know, follow the passion. Oh. There's some people that say the other that's true, that's true. Mm -hmm. But I, <laughs> I started my full-time job last year. Mm -hmm. I, it's a completely new lifestyle that I started to live. So then I started to think about it. It's like, oh, this is very different than what I was used to before. In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's really I, that long. I haven't had the good and bad, but just different. Just right? different, okay. But I would say much less enjoyable okay yeah i think that's how you felt the sadness right <laughs> yes, yes. yeah because well, what i do right now my job is very different from ecology or biology evolution very different what is your job now it's a company that runs data centers across the world so it's very it based digital infrastructure which is something completely new and to you to me i see. Yes, considering my educational background mm -hmm. but then i start to learn about these things and it's like okay because digital infrastructure is what supports the internet so how internet works how cloud system works how data server works all the company has to use that service and now i'm starting to learn that it's like wow this world exists it's like i never had an idea of how things like internet works and now i'm just like grasping how that's working and 
it's interesting. It's opening new doors, right? This whole new world. So there's that excitement as well that I didn't expect because I was enjoying my life before with the world that I only knew. Now with this new job, it's kind of opening a new world. So I look optimistically about that. But deep inside, okay, just simply, am I happy or not? Then I'm less happy than before. That's the answer. And I cannot lie to that. That's like genuine bottom heart feeling. Yeah. You're going to love the podcast I just did with a young lady that wanted to become an astronaut. Mm. She said she, she went to Todai, yeah. graduated in engineering, mechanical engineering, because they have to know rockets and rocket ships. She wasn't interested in that. She's interested in the stars and everything else. But mm. the reason why she completed her Todai education was because the obligation of the city she came from, the first from Guma to get a Todai, go to Todai, mm. her parents, who didn't know she was even applying for it, and she got in. She did all that, but now she stopped. She took another job with MITI. MITI, I think, is Ministry of, I can't remember, okay. but MITI. Yeah. And it's, it's a governmental organization. It's kind of like the chamber. And she said that she did that, I think, for less than a year, and she stopped. She said, because I don't like it. She said, if it doesn't vibrate right, it's best mm -hmm. to stop. And she's 25, and she said she has learned. She was also in Miss Universe. Oh, wow. So she's a nice-looking young lady. And she said that taught her that, because she always wanted to put on makeup. She always wanted to learn how to make her facial structure look right how to put on clothes that fit her properly. And she sat like this the whole time, looked very good. Yeah. So her experience, that's why I say these podcasts are interesting. If you hear her talk from her heart about what she said, I'm just 25, but I learned if I don't stop. But she still likes, she wants to be an astronaut, but not for the reasons, they, they push something different than what she wants. Kind of like what you said about becoming, you know, scientist. getting a PhD, a scientist. Yeah. But why don't you, now you can do your own and create something completely different and give other people options that they never thought they'd have. How many people are feeling the way you feel, you think? That have gotten through their degree, yeah, got up there and realized, hey, you mean, let me tell you something I think is silly to me. Have you ever seen America Has Talent? Yeah. That's so nonsensical to me. You know why? Why should someone that has a voice like some of these people have are talented? Let four people behind there try to judge yeah. them when they could go on YouTube and clean up. Yeah, true. But that, that, that makes so, that does not make sense in front of that few audience and let them tell me if I'm good or not. <laughs> I might have a voice that sounds like Mick Jagger's, they hate, but the world would love. Yeah. I'd rather go with the world and find my niche. It doesn't have to be that big. If a million people like you and a million people give you a dollar, how much will you have? A million dollars. And if they keep on giving it to you, so come on. Hmm. And you don't need to have that much. It's on loan. What are you doing with it? Where are you going to take that energy? How are you going to utilize it? Not everybody wants to have a plane or a Lamborghini, a Ferrari. Some people just want to go in the forest, chill for a month, not have to worry about what's going to maintain them. Hmm. How much does that cost? Yeah, cheap. You see? And, with, and what you might come out as a result of that could be phenomenal for the world. 
because not everybody wants to go out and force for a month. Hmm. Yeah. Who's going to fight for that? <laughs> That's what you find out. That's why you uh, use AI. Find out. Be excited hmm. about it. There's people that are going to like just the fact that you're bold enough to do that. You want to. People fund people walking across the United States or around the world. <laughs> and how, who's that benefit? Who, who's that benefiting? Or ride a motorcycle or jump off a top tall building or something. Come on. You're talking about really going after a passion. People love seeing people with passion. It doesn't really matter much what it is as long as it doesn't harm other people. And it can possibly help the world somehow. You can have that in the back of your mind. I might come across, you might come across the discovery for something that people never thought about. But don't you think now what you're doing, did you find joy in sharing to other people the experience? Do you, do you find that? Yeah. What I learn for myself is sometimes when I keep it to myself, I enjoy it more. It keeps everything within myself like that's why i do solo trips is because i get this connection with the world the nature it's very private i can do a trip with my friends the same thing but there's something lost there i i don't i don't feel the same way the same connection with the world and when you want to monetize my experience i gotta share Again, you, you got to live stream it or something. And that's when some of that joy could be taken out. That's what I've been thinking. Yeah. So I'm okay with just keep, keeping everything for myself, all the experiences, and I enjoy it. Because when I had those trips, experiences, I still remember like very vividly in my heart. When I'm having a tough day, going through a hard time i always go back to that yeah and that's not money it's it's really the safe spot in my mind that makes you feel that you're just glad that you're alive like you're very thankful for everything in the world and i, I love that that's why now i'm kind of reaching to the not conclusion but in the state of just doing my job with the money earned. I will have those experiences very private to me, not monetize it, anything. And just build that experiences in myself. So when I'm done with this life, I have those in me. Are yeah. you thinking about having, are you thinking about creating a family? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. That's gonna change. Yeah, it's, That's it's gonna change a whole lot of things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you're talking about, <laughs> Talking about a connection in, in, in live streaming, that's 24 7. Like, you have the right. So, I mean, there's other things you could think about. There's the compromises. This world, by the fact that you're in this thing we call a body, you have to compromise. You have to compromise. You have to eat. You have to eat. Yeah. You must defecate. You have to do all those things, right? And you have to do one more thing you have to die. Mm -hmm. So, in between that time, and those compromises, you can create things. So let's say, for example, you have your private private time. So like yourself, I usually take my motorcycle trips around Japan every year by myself. Mm. Last year, first time I took two guys, I went with two guys, two other guys. 
and still haven't done their video because it doesn't seem the way I, but I will do it. Mm. I'll do the video. I like that time alone too. I don't listen to music. I listen to the engine. I wish it was electric because I don't even like hearing the engine anymore. I want that feel. I like the risk that it could take that I could be out of here. Yeah. It could be a squirrel running across the street, you know, or something. Or I like. It makes me appreciate the fact that I'm taking a risk that I don't have to. Mm -hmm. I think I know what you, you feel know what I mean? when you're in the motorcycle. <sighs> it's the focus and like being in the moment. Yes. Uh, recently, I did. I biked around with my bicycle around Shikoku. Uh, just like camping and biking. Just I did that on my motorcycle by myself. Yeah. It took me two days. I did the northern part mm -hmm. in a circle. I only did next time I'm going between, and yeah. then I did the lower half. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so nice. I know, I know what you feel like. It's just you and the road and everything else. It's this whole other world that you're experiencing that you don't get in the daily life. Mm -hmm. It has to be something out of the daily life. There's something, Bruno. I think both of us have in common. People think I'm an extrovert. But I'm mm. not. I'm an introvert. And you'll find people that usually are really good at something they do are sometimes the opposite of it. They've had to push themselves to do it. Mm. I wanted to have four kids. I wanted to be a good father. I wanted to be wealthy because I wasn't good at school. And when I asked my teacher in junior high school, is it possible to be successful even if you're not good at school? He said yes, and then he went on to say other stuff, but all I heard was yes. Mm. All I heard was yes. And then I start realizing, if you win the lottery, people will start thinking you're a genius. <laughs> if you, they'll ask you on TV shows and how'd you feel. and Just because you won the thing that most people try to chase after. That's why you start setting what it is that makes you feel wealthy. It's this. It's the ability to talk to other people about your passions. Sharing it. We're very social creatures. I like my trips alone because I get to meet people I've never met on my terms. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? That makes you feel so good. And you talk and you get and it can be a day. Mm -hmm. I'm okay because I set that up. And if they invite me over, I want it's interesting. Yeah. And then I give them gifts and they feel so obligated. <laughs> you know. I always carry a little gifts with me for everybody when I go on my trip. I'm making stories. Mm -hmm. Some people don't make stories with their life. Make the kind of stories you want to make. This is a story. I'm, I'm yeah. enjoying talking with you more than you are talking to me probably. <laughs> because I see you at your age, you're 30. You've been on this planet for three decades. And the first five years don't really count. So I think that you coming through this experience and this thought at this time, there's a reason you had to come in here. And it wasn't so much for the podcast as you realized you have hope. And don't give up on Don't Don't... When I say passion, sometimes people take that as a negative. No. Learn to become passionate about it, or at least learn how to express that, and you will start to become. Like you said, you're learning about computers in a way you never thought about before. It's kind of like the microorganisms and how we came together. Mm -hmm. It's just man, more man control. But it still comes from Earth. Bruno, a question I'd like to ask mm -hmm. at the end of the podcast. If you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, and talk to the younger Bruno. What time would you go back to, and what advice would you give him? This now it might be hard because you're only thirty. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's, I could ask you what are you what are your plans for the future? 
are you thinking about doing in the future? First question. You like that? I won't tell anything. I think the younger me did everything right. Yeah, I don't regret any bit of it. Yeah. Maybe I will have those regrettable moments in the future, but let's wait for that. But yeah, the younger me did everything he could. So that's the answer for the first question. Second question, the future, what I expect. You brought up the family stuff, right? And that's, I kind of imagine my life as a book. The first chapter was very swimming oriented. That was me as a swimmer. I ended that chapter, closing it. That's why I wanted to do something very different from swimming. And now, I wanted to become you know, what the Japanese call the sararima. Right? I want to experience that. That's why I'm doing the job right now. And I knew that there could be some struggles mentally, which I am experiencing right now, you know, technically. But also the goal now is, you know, I want a family, you know, a girlfriend, a wife that I love. I want to be a good father. Like I really want to be a good father. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now. Let's see how it goes. But after that, I don't see myself, I don't plan stuff, to be honest. I don't see myself in my 70s being like this. I still don't have that vision. But one thing that I would like is to be closer to nature. You, before this um, interview, you're talking about your son. They wanted your, you wanted your son to come back to Tokyo because it's such a nice city. For me, so I grew up in Tokyo, born and raised. I still had this lack of nature. I went to the US, I went to Spain to live. I felt that, you know, just going outside, having mountains, forest nearby, I really need that. So when I get older, I really want to spend the last you know, time in this earth closer to nature. Yeah. That's just a vision that I have. And yeah, let's let's hope that will happen. Yeah. I like that too. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan. So continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed.